favorite anecdotes is this anecdote by uh, Noam Chomsky about uh, an attempt by this uh, international organization to optimize yield grains in um, Liberia, I believe. And so they came in, right, and they talked about how they were going to use this or that technology to uh, optimize, uh, you know, yield grains and to uh, make sure that people were planting at the right season exactly for the right amount of time with the optimal sunlight, right? And what they saw is that yield grains went down for a year, uh, for the first year of the program. So they're like, okay, what's up? And the reason that the yield grains went in is because they rolled in with like a pretty clear theory of um, agriculture, uh, how we're we're gonna we're gonna do this, we're gonna you know grow this, we're gonna rotate and go into this, and then that's gonna give us the most amount of grain here. We're gonna use these inputs, we're gonna use these locations and these farms. When you know there was some specific knowledge about uh, the actual land and the weather conditions that was wrapped up in, for example, folklore, right, and weird rituals that were disconnected after so long from whatever the original meteorological conditions or insights caused them to be created. but And so they were left as like, okay, when this happens or when this is in the sky or when you see or feel this and you do that, right? You bring out this rock and you put something around it or you go out to this area and you put something there, right? Um, and that then the move had to be from this organization, okay, how do we incorporate these folklore insights into our um, into our agricultural operation. But then what ends up actually happening is not that like, okay, this all just results in everybody entering harmonious arrangement. What ends up happening is that it, this now allows for a new way to crowd out, right, uh, that knowledge, right, to privatize it, to figure out a way to serve as like a gatekeeper from people to even doing that or having that minimal autonomy or control over the over their crops and the yield of them or the animals and the yield of them and instead say, okay, now that we know this about you and now that we know this information, now that we're going to optimize that, even though we couldn't optimize um, without that knowledge, right? This is a really interesting point. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, you know, because th that is a huge part of what's going on here, right? Like, on one hand, there's this kind of politics of knowledge, right? Ooh, I'm putting on my Michel Foucault hat here. I'm thinking about power <laughs> slash knowledge. Uh, <laughs> um, but there is, right? There's a lot of power. There's the, the relationship between power and knowledge is just that. It's a relationship. And, um, you know, what counts as knowledge is absolutely a, a, a decision made by power, right? A, a, to deem what is knowledge and what is not knowledge. And <clears throat> this example is really good because it, it shows that, you know, yeah, a lot of these like traditional knowledges and the local expertise and the tacit understanding of, you know, ecological conditions of the territory, you know, all this uh, knowledge uh, of that, uh, of the specific geography of the area that has been passed down through generations after generations after generations, you know, it's not, it's often, so often not counted as knowledge um, or as science or as data until it has become uh, assetized, right? Until it has become datafied by, you know, some some company stepping in or some, uh, in, you know, international NGO stepping in, you know, saying, oh, you know, under the guise of, of helping out these, you know, these backwards people, 
right? We're going to bring the, we're going to bring the, the benefits of, of, of modern day science and technology to these people that are farming, you know, in these traditional ways, uh, or in these ways that aren't wrapped up in a, a, a larger, uh, you know, industrial, a global industrial farming complex. And, but, but in reality, you, exactly, you uh, and Noam Chomsky by extension get it exactly right here is that what really goes on is, you know, it's like what Alistair Frazier, you know, in, in uh, the episode earlier this week, we were talking about his idea of data grabbing. This is a form of data grabbing. It's a form of knowledge grabbing, which is very much in that colonial tradition of land grabbing, right? Like, like um, you know, it makes me think of, uh, of, of thinking about like the commons, right? And the enclosure of the commons and, um, you know, coming into these areas that don't have these like Western notions of property rights. And, and so, and, and, and therefore, because they don't have property rights, they can't possibly have things like, you know, freedom uh, or liberty uh, or, or, you know, entrepreneurialism or growth or, you know, all these things that are supposedly uh, flow from the foundational right of property. And so, you, they, you know, they step in and they start, you know, creating property out of nothing. Oh, all these, all these common farmlands that, you know, that this town or that this village, you know, uses to graze their cattle or, or these kind of local practices. No, no, no. We have to make this look like something legible to us as a profit-driven corporation. We have to create property. We have to create uh, data and knowledge. We have to assetize everything so that then it can actually be valuable, right? These things are not valuable unless they are turned into assets, unless they're turned into something that can be owned and controlled. It doesn't have any real value and it doesn't actually exist until it's noticed and then it gets privatized and commodified, right? And it really matter, you know, coming into this place, they didn't think to, they, and often in many places, they don't come in to think about what the actual practice is and, and the, you know, knowledge that they might have at the local level about um, land to be, that has not been cultivated, right, to a certain uh, monopoly or corporation sensibilities, right, or desires. Instead, they come in and they're applying what they see, you know, fit for that region, right? Or what they see fit for that plot of land. And, you know, sometimes that does have the benefit of, of like an industrial process or, an, or a scientific process that gets them to, you know, come to the conclusion like, all right, this is the best way we can use and cultivate this land. But in other cases, uh, you know, some examples that we've talked about, right, that falls short. And that falls short, right, not solely because it's like, well, you know, they're not, uh, it's, it's not as if uh, they're not able to, right? But that, the reason that it falls short is because part of the process, right, of coming in and generating the information and, and generating knowledge is that they disregard, you know, just out of hand, uh, local traditional knowledge, right? Um, because that is how the thing operates. It just doesn't really have value. And if it does, then it's already likely sucked up and incorporated into that, you know, into the body of knowledge that the, that these private actors are going to be using when they come into a place. Yeah, I mean, this falls under what, you know, uh, David Harvey, a uh, Marxist uh -huh. geographer, calls accumulation by dispossession, right? You, you, you come, this is another, another tactic, another technique uh, for coming in and dispossessing people of 
the things that they have, you know, their local knowledge, their traditional lands um, through uh, as, as a way of accumulating it for yourself. Right. But but that dispossession by accumulation takes many, many different uh forms right and 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 i think that we are seeing here that a lot a lot of these kind of uh, precision agriculture um, technologies and 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 management philosophies uh do very much take the form of and look a lot like uh, a kind of a dispossession i think that's what we really you know we have to understand a lot of what's going on here, you know, not just through that lens of, oh, is this making it more efficient? Is it making it more optimized? But how it's fundamentally changing that power knowledge relation and the and how it's kind of plugging it into into these political economies that we talk about so much. 